Bring yourself back online. Welcome back to Freeze All Motor Functions, a Westworld podcast that doesn't sound like anything to me and doesn't take itself too seriously, presented by Bolin Media. I am your host, Jared Borislow, known to many as J-Bone, joined as always by Lee Size Less himself, Mr. Ross Bolin. Lee Size Less, I'm, I'm processing my new nickname. I just want to say up front, I'm in a much better place, life-wise, and better headspace than I was during season three, Mm -hmm. which I'm sure wasn't great, but it couldn't have been as bad as my experience watching (laughs) it as I was completely miserable. Not so the case anymore. I'm excited for season four. Happy to be here. Yeah, we were, we were all very miserable, I believe. Uh, I think nobody should ever go back and listen to our season two or season Season three, season three, episode two recap. Those were tough, Jared. (laughs) I had COVID you were barely you. You were recording. I was going through a divorce. Yeah, you were going through a divorce. It's like what is it? The the mic's on. The pandemic had just started. We were. It was. It was. We were at rock bottom. So yeah. I was. Yeah. I was unemployed. It was bad. New Leaf, though. Oh yeah, and and that voice that you just heard is somebody who you may know by the incorrect name of intern Serena. Well, guess what, folks? Serena is not only no longer just an intern. She is now officially a full time. Freeze all motor functions co-host. Welcome to the Valley Beyond, Serena. Wow. Welcome. Please clap. Also Thanks, a TV guys. writer. Oh, yeah. You're also a TV writer. Are you allowed to talk about that? Which is cool and prevalent. I mean, she can say we can say she's a TV writer. We don't have to say yeah. what show. Um, I'm not a I'm not quite they don't let me write the scripts yet. I get to proofread, edit, format, distribute, and what I call continuity fuck them, which is basically what I do with you guys anyway. So it's like if we said something in season one. We have to carry that through line through season five, and I'm I'm like the sieve that catches all that stuff. Oh, and so do you ever read 300 page books in in two days, and then write a 15 page report so you can do a 20 second podcast segment? You know, they haven't had me do that yet, but there are days where I've read like 300 pages of script material in a day. So I would say FAMF actually prepared me very well for my job. If you weren't here for season three, she in fact did what Jared just said out loud. Um, she did that thing and it was insane. <laughs> we were like, Hey Serena, you don't need to do that. And she's like, Oh, I'm, it's cool. I'm already three fourths of the way done. We're like, okay. It's kind of weird. <laughs> Serena, you said that you brought up FAMF in some of your interviews for these TV writing jobs and it actually helped. Yes, it did. It really did. Because I talked about, you know, starting doing content and that is big for engagement, which obviously is part of writing and then talked about, getting to co-host a couple of times and then getting to host with you guys for the end of the back half of season three. So the growth looked good. And also it, a lot of what I do is, is similar. It's an analyzing and making sure everything tracks. So thanks guys. Ross, it it does come up. I noticed she just said engagement growth and like all these other different KPIs that you're supposed to throw around in job interviews. What does KPI mean? It's a key performance indicator, Ross. Thank you, Jared. Knowledge of what a KPI is, is actually the biggest KPI. So you just failed and I'm not hiring you. I'm not a fan of acronyms. (laughs) What's What's your least favorite acronym? Uh, AIDS. Anyways, Serena. Tell us all about the Westworld activation. <laughs> you, asked. you asked. I mean, that's a that's a that's a fair answer, Serena. I need you to tell us all about the Westworld activation that you recently went to, and at which you subsequently got our podcast posted all over 
Westworld's official social media account. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I felt really lucky because I turned on tweet notifications for Westworld and they posted that they were doing this event in New York and it happened to be two blocks from my apartment. Um, New York so City. New York City, yeah. So it was really easy to go. Um, it was like an all-day thing. So there's this part of New York called the High Line. And if you walk, you like could take the High Line to the event. And on the walk there, there are people walking around dressed in all white or all black. And they would sometimes randomly freeze. All motor functions. They froze. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. See, that's, that's, so that's uh -huh. actually, I'm going to peel the curtain back. That's actually the name of this podcast. The Leonardo DiCaprio uh -huh. thing from... Hollywood movie. I'm doing it now. You're welcome. We're all doing it. Yep, we're all doing it. <laughs> um, yeah, and then walking through, you get off the High Line and like go down onto the street, and there were three different booths where you could get complimentary coffee, pretzels, and sweets. And the how was the coffee? The... Rate it. Oh well, it was from one of my favorite coffee shops in New York called Joe Coffee. So Joe. it was it was really good. Joe Coffee. Yeah. What kind of sweets are we talking? Uh, I think it was brownies. I didn't actually make it there because I stood in line for two hours because there was a portrait artist doing these like crazy Westworld themed portraits. Did you get and... one? Yeah, I did. I was the okay. So this is actually a cool story. I stood in line for like two hours and then they came to me and they were like, hey, the people in front of you are the cutoff. You can't get a portrait. Fuck and I was off. like, Oh, I'm just going to like wait and see if something happens. Like I work on this Westworld podcast. I know it'd be really cool if I like had this to talk about. And they're like, okay, cool. Um, and I was literally the very last person to get wow. one. What did you do but, to pass the time? Did you, did you read a 500 page dictionary that included a few of the words that they're going to say this season? No, Jared, I did guerrilla marketing for us. I think I made at least six new listeners yeah that was a, a pretty impressive social media effort i had multiple people comment on it to me great coverage from uh, serena there yes oh, from the you. event in new york city that's why we had to make her a co-host she does stuff like that while we were sitting on our asses twiddling our thumbs well she's also a full-grown adult professional now not just a college intern and we were sitting on our thumbs twiddling our asses <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is the writing crop about to make a comeback? Uh, the the writing crop got retired. Uh, for those of you who aren't aware, uh, last season, <laughs> Ross and I we started COVID. Uh, I had COVID, and, and then I whipped Ross with a writing crop during a recording of a Freeze on Motor Functions podcast. I hit him, he hit me, and... Patient zero and patient 0 0.5. And that was it. That was... Yeah. So, sorry about that. And by the and way, then... speaking of which, uh, that was a recorded episode that was on video... Which uh, we stopped doing because, you know, then we were all remote after that. But this season, every episode of Freeze All Motor Functions available on YouTube. So you can watch it if you would like to do that. Wow. Where do you go to see it, Jared? You YouTube. I said YouTube. <laughs> Just search Freeze All Motor Functions on YouTube. That'll, uh -huh. that'll do it. Uh -huh. Okay, Serena, any other... Uh, so th there was this tone thing there that, that you, you set the Westworld internet ablaze with. Right. So one of the things that um, the Westworld social media was posting about is they would say, listen for the tones. And basically every, I'm sure it was on some kind of timer, this chime would play. And if you were interacting with someone who was part of the event, they would react to it. So it happened to play, which is the video that we posted that Westworld picked up. It happened to play as I was ordering my coffee. And the interaction with the guy serving my coffee was 
supposed to be intentionally unsettling. Like they have really big eyes and they kind of look at you weird. And then when the tone played, his eye twitched and he kind of like went slack. And then he said something really weird, like at the high tower, make a left. I'm still trying to figure out exactly what it was. And then as soon as the chime stopped, he like snapped out of it and was like, whoa, like what just happened? I've got a question um, for you. Um, you're saying that there was, there was a sound and this guy like eye twitched and then he like kind of relaxed. Sounds like he could have been doing something else unrelated to the event. <laughs> hey, man, we went riding crops. Now we're talking about I'm this. Just saying, like, I, I, I appreciate that we don't kink shame here. We don't. We don't. Um. But yeah, and I guess that happened at all of the booths. Like one girl had no idea what was going on and she came from getting a pretzel and she came up to us standing in line for the portraits and she was like, is this some event? Like that girl just gave me the weirdest eye contact. Like I'm, I'm really freaked out. Did she just do something to me? And we had to explain that it was like a marketing thing. She just thing. wandered into the Westworld event? I mean, it's on the streets of New York and it, people are just seeing like, oh, free oh. food. You know, okay, because I was gonna ask, like, the amount of effort that goes into these these activations, like, are they worth it? But considering it's in the streets of New York, so a lot of people are exposed to it, not just big fans, because obviously we're gonna talk about it, but we're a Westworld podcast. Like, it makes me wonder with all the effort, like, you're hiring actors and shit that have to like sit there and tweak out when some tone is played. Those tones, those glorious tones. Shouts to that train guy on TikTok. Um, and they had the droid man walking around. I think I, I posted a couple of pictures of him slash with him. Droid man, take me to the land that yeah, they, you understand. They really love sticking that guy out there. He's everywhere, man. Yeah. That, that, that droid guy. I've got a theory that that droid man that we all see is a furry. Droid man. Not even associated with Westworld. He's, he's just like a roaming furry who just he's, happens to just not, show up. HBO is not paying him to promote no, the show. No. It's just some guy. Yeah. Yeah, I asked about him, and they were like, we don't know what you're talking about. We didn't hire him. Yeah. I'm kidding. He's just kidding. rogue. <laughs> a rogue. rogue. Uh, what are they called? What did you refer to him as? Droid man? Droid. Droid man. Okay, Serena, Droid anything, man. anything else crazy happened in this activation? By the way, I noticed you haven't shown us your portrait yet, which seems weird. Yeah, I was going to say you have to send us a picture of it so that we can make it the cover image for this uh, episode. Mm -hmm. But I, I posted it on the FAMF Twitter. Oh, well... We'll refer to that then. It's, uh, <laughs> I had to ship it back to myself where I would hey, show you. What did I say? Twitter.com slash freeze all motor. What did I say? You were the one doing the amazing coverage. I told you, Ross and I were twiddling our asses with our thumbs. That's, That's exactly right. what we were doing at the time. At freeze all motor on Twitter. At freeze all motor on Twitter. At freeze all motor functions on Instagram. And newly at freeze all motor on TikTok. TikTok. Follow us on TikTok. <clears throat> at freeze all motor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I should note here. That I was given a press badge to cover the Westworld panel at the recent ATX TV festival, where the speakers were some people that you guys might have heard of. I'll, I'll, I want to know. Uh, so I, I had a badge, press badge, to go to this event and see uh, Evan Rachel Wood, Jeffrey Wright, uh, Luke Hemsworth, Angela Serafian, oh, Lisa the stars. Joy, yeah, Jimmy Marsden, stars of the show. Uh huh. But uh, I, I was exposed to the thing that I'm not allowed to talk about, or else our podcast gets flagged, so I couldn't go. Oh. oh well, we already brought it up, so we can definitely talk about it. No, what? I don't know. You can't say the it. The riding crop and all that. Oh, you're right. Damn it. What's wrong oh. with you? We've yeah, we flagged. thought we, we had another COVID scare. Hoist the flag. <laughs> I don't think being flagged is going to impact our uh, 
our distribution necessarily. It just flags us. I don't know. I don't know. All right. So before we the get into word. before we get into what we know about season four thus far, listen up with your ear holes and your ears and your faces. I know there are tones. Do not forget to participate in our Apple Podcasts rate and review contest going on through the end of June that has absolutely incredible prizes that I honestly can't believe we're doing because it's so insane. I told Ross, I said, Ross, I said, Ross, these prizes, I think that it's too much. I don't think that people deserve it. He said, no, Jared, and he slapped me in the So our fans me. are the best. They deserve the best. Let's get them the best, Jerry. He did. It's worth it. And this contest, by the way, is so easy to enter. Even if you don't listen to Freeze All Motor Functions on Apple Podcasts, all you have to do is go to the Freeze All Motor Functions Apple Podcasts podcast page, subscribe, rate, review the show by the end of the month, so the end of June 30th, and 10, count them, 10, 10, 10 winners. Not, not eight, not nine, 10. Not seven, not six. None of those not other five. numbers. Not just six the number, and a half. Just the number 10. 10 winners will be chosen in July. Yes. And those winners will receive a loot box valued at $100 that contains exclusive, not available for purchase, freeze on motor functions, merch, as well as products from sponsors of the show. Even if you've already kindly left us a review in the past, you can enter the contest by just writing another one. And by the way, insightful, helpful reviews that will actually make someone want to listen to the show are what we're looking for here. So definitely prefer that over somebody just saying, fam. If you've written one in the past, update it. Write a new one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So right now, go do that. Enter the contest. All right, moving on. Yeah, 10 winners. Apple Podcast Review Contest. Not 6.25, not 5.8. You said it. None of the other numbers. 10. <laughs> okay. So next up, we will be discussing what we know about season four thus far based on trailers and news and leaks. And then we'll be getting into some season four predictions. Can I say up front mm-hmm. that I just watched the latest season four trailer? Yeah. It was, I believe it may be the only full trailer uh, that's been released. Well, the it? teaser was about the same length as oh, the, the te- trailer. Yeah, it's but, true. But the teaser was a teaser, not a trailer. Well, the trailer itself, to me, the average dumbass gave me as much information as the teaser. I have no idea really what to expect. Yeah. Not really. It's, uh, it's it's going to be interesting. Okay, so our first order of business, though, before we get into breaking down the trailer and sure. all its intricacies and all its very random scenes, some of which were absolutely hilarious, and I can't wait to laugh about them with you. So we need to discuss how short HBO decided to make the run-up to this season. Okay? Ross and I were just making out one day, and I looked at my phone. We were kissing. And it's yeah. like, hey, guess what? Westworld's back next month. And I was like, what the? What? We're kind of busy. I mean, this is our full-time job. We do a lot of other shows here at Bolin Media. And that was sort of a, not a lot of runway for us to prepare. You know, usually when you were at a business. But we did prepare, I will add. We we did prepare. But usually when you're at a business, you like to prepare months in advance, right? Like if anybody who's in e-commerce, you're planning for Black Friday in like May, right? Yeah, there's a lot that goes into the show. And uh, yeah, we had to kind of shift our... June is chaos for us. That's what happened. It is. That's so June was destroyed. It was announced on May 9th that Westworld would be returning on June 26th. That is 43 days between the premiere date announcement and the premiere. Is this a joke? It's like they aren't even taking podcast hosts into consideration when they're doing their scheduling. <laughs> and I find that rude. And I find that podcaster uh, what's uh, discriminatory. 
It is interesting. Serena, did you have any thoughts on, I mean, being an, an, a television uh, insider, did you have any thoughts on why perhaps they would announce, because here's, here's why it was confusing, obviously. They announced House of the Dragon coming in August before they announced Westworld coming in July. Is there a reason for that or any anything there? I have a feeling I was actually talking to people online about this because even just like fans who don't have a podcast felt caught off guard by the announcement. And I was standing in line with some super fans who, by the way, I have to shout out Aang and, and Tony, who did not get portraits but stood with me all day. Um, it's creepy of them think... to just stand with you if they didn't get their portraits. But It's not creepy. They were trying to get portraits. I'm just kidding, guys. Just joking with you. No, no, no. no we were having good conversations uh, about about Look at Westworld Serena getting us new listeners and then you fans. immediately losing them for us. Ross is just kidding. Oh, he he was, knows not what he was, says. It was jokes. Just jokes. <laughs> um, but we were talking about that too and we kind of came to the consensus that we think it had something to do with with trying to slot Westworld in before House of the Dragon. And I wonder if they were going to do it after and then something else is about to come back after. But that's kind of my theory is that they realize they want to like put their summer primetime Sunday lineup in order. And the best place to slot it in was where it was. And it was probably finished. So they're like, okay, well, we can just put it in here. And I, <laughs> and I wouldn't be surprised if um, we find out something else some other prestige thing is coming right after. See, I thought they just were like, oh, crap, we need a good lead-in for House of the Dragon, and they were like, okay, well, there's nothing else that good. Let's just let's just make it Westworld. I mean, they may have bumped it up for that reason, just put it in there, as Serena said. Um, it, it just, uh, you know, it, it's a little odd. It's a little odd, for sure. I don't necessarily think that Westworld Season 4 uh, is worthy of as much run-up as, as a House of the Dragon type of project. Maybe it doesn't need as much run up even. It's it's a pretty built in fan base at this point. I don't I know do how many people are just jumping in. It, sorry. No, go, go ahead. I was gonna say I do think part of it was I feel like the general reception of season three was a bit lukewarm. Um, and I felt like at this big event that they did in New York, I don't remember them doing anything like that for season two because season one, people were so hyped that it didn't kind of like you're saying with house of the dragon, like it doesn't need to be hyped. It stands on its own. And I felt like, you know, this event that they did in Austin and then the one in New York, it was them trying to bring back in fans who maybe were not stoked about season three and also engage a new audience because I, I did ask around and a lot of people were not, super stoked about season three so i think that's part of like all of this trying to hype it too yeah ross what did you think about season three i was gonna say it's an understatement of the century that uh that fans were not necessarily you know happy stoked with with season three um i will say this having up front owned that I, it was there was a lot of personal issues that i brought into season you took them out on westworld and i took them out on westworld somewhat i mean i was i was i was disappointed and i think i overreacted probably a bit um i have been told by multiple people at this point on on also on the internet people that i was talking to on the internet and uh that said that that it has aged well now it is almost certainly that it has aged well for me because like i said circumstantial but um still I don't think anybody came out of season three like, that was amazing. What a great story. So that's what we're looking for here in season four, obviously, is for them to get back to. Because it was, it was a, you know, they came out of the, of the bubble of, the, of, of Westworld, right? Of the theme park. 
and it didn't go well. Didn't go particularly well. So we're still out there, but we're also going to be spending some time inside of the theme parks, it looks like. Yes. Obviously, which we'll get to, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, time for a bounce back. And hopefully that bounce back comes now. I have really high hopes for it. I will say, like, working in, in television, one thing I do know to be true is that with the pandemic, a lot of shows couldn't do what they had planned and had to kind of modify what they had planned due to shooting and actors. And I mean, I know shows that I worked on faced some of the same challenges. So I'm hopeful that with production back at full capacity and like locations back where they were, we can see a lot more of um, what we wanted out of season three. And I do vaguely recall an interview with Jonah Nolan where he said that what they're doing in season four is what they had planned to do for season three, but couldn't. So I am very hopeful that season four brings us back to where we were after season two. I would also note, just as somebody who's watched many, too many TV series at this point from front to back, um, once you've seen greatness in a show, in, in one of the first couple seasons usually, you usually see it again at some point in the series, even if it doesn't maintain it the whole time, which is a really rare thing. That's only the greatest shows of all time that maintain it the whole way through. Um, but this is the same showrunners that brought you season one, which is still one of the best seasons of TV I've ever seen. Season two is still fun as hell. Now, season three, like I said, I'm not exactly sure. I will rewatch it at some point. I'm really hesitant to do it going into season four rather than just watching like a little recap video. Because I don't know if I want to drag myself through if it ends up making me less stoked for season four. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I, mean, so I think there's a lot of... bail halfway through the season? <laughs> no, no. I think there's a lot of room for... I think there's obviously still, like, like I said before season three, them having expanded the universe of Westworld, the show, to include the real world and the other human beings... Um, was uh, it, it gives them a lot to do. They have a lot to play with. They can do a lot oh, yeah. with their story, and um, they still have that opportunity here in season four. And we can get into what exactly we can be expecting right now when we go and break down the official trailer. And this, by the way, is the two-minute and 33-second one that's called Official Trailer. It's a really good name. Yeah. Um, and it has the caption... Maybe it's time you question the nature of your own reality. Oh, man. That was really good. Thank you. Thank you. Um, It was released five days ago, as of the time of this recording, on June 15th. This is not the teaser that dropped in May. That was more of like its own little kind of mini... Like, you know, it had one song playing throughout it. No, like not very much dialogue. It was basically like, we're coming back. Yeah, Yeah, we're coming back. Here's kind of what you can expect generally, but... I definitely got very different vibes from the trailer than I did from the teaser. Serena, do you want to expand on that at all? I mean, I feel like the teaser was kind of what they did last year or last season when they set it to, I think it was Space Oddity. Like, it's it's just kind of really cinematic shots. Yes. And then the actual trailer, you get plot and story yes. clues. Yes. So the trailer starts off with a city shot and flying cars. So I'm thinking, potentially, we may finally have the Westworld universe and Jetsons universe collab that we've all been waiting for for the last like six years. Thoughts? I was, I was going to say, I'm, I'm, 
I'm interested to see if any of your plot points that you pulled from the the trailer are not jokes. <laughs> Meet Dolores, do, 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 do. her boy Caleb, do, 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 do. daughter Charlotte, do, 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 do. <laughs> Christina herself. I, I didn't have a good one for Jane, his wife, but I did uh. say Christina herself, Ross. Sure you did. And Serena, because. You, yeah, you tried. Because. After the little city shot, we get the classic Westworld wake-up shot from above of Dolores. Except, Ross, this isn't Dolores. It is somebody named Christina. Well, how do you know that? Well, the reason I personally found out is because I was watching the YouTube trailer with the subtitles on, and it said, Christina before her dialogue. There you go. Serena, what else do you know about Christina? Just that she has brown hair and she works at uh, Not Delos now. I'm, I'm still trying to wrap my head around this whole... It seems like she has recollection of Dolores because they keep cutting to those shots of Charlotte, who is ostensibly also Dolores. Mm-hmm. You're Dolores and you're Dolores. We're all Dolores. We're all, we're all Dolores. That's Spider-Man <laughs> meme. Yeah, we are all Dolores. Definitely Spider-Man meme. We might need to make a shirt that just says, we are all Dolores. Because <laughs> everybody in this show now is Dolores. Yeah, I'm, I'm with that. Let's make that shirt. We're, we are all Dolores. I like Print that. Print it, com slash shop. Um, so Christina, a.k.a. Uh, we, uh, so what we used to always do on the podcast is find some way of fitting Dolores into that person's name. Like... Char Char Loris and then Char Loris after after it's Christy Norris after Christy Christy Norris Christy Norris sounds like your friend's mom it's Christy Norris (laughs) oh look it's Christy Norris (laughs) yeah Dolortina Dolortina that's the worst one Dolortina Chris (laughs) I think those both work Cross Dolortina I like to think that the writers sat down and they were like, oh, we're sick of these combo names. Yeah. Let's make it an impossible for podcasts. Yeah. No, we'll just call her Christina. To... Yeah, well, you can just call her Christina, I guess. We'll kill all the fun. Okay, so Christina starts off the trailer saying, this is a story about a girl, which I respond by singing again. This is a story of a girl. It's not Dolores, but it looks like her. And while her dad went crazy looking at a photograph, I absolutely love him because he made us a cameo. If you don't know, Lewis Hertha made us a cameo. <laughs> made us a cameo? <laughs> yes. What, what does that mean? He made, we, we bought a cameo from Lewis Hertha. Oh, made us a yeah, ca- he yeah. made us an actual cameo yeah, you might from cameo. Cause it was two years ago. Yeah, all right. That guy. Fuck yeah. yeah. Shouts to that guy. Um, also in uh, Californication as a hilarious alcoholic actor. Really? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this is a story about a girl. That's, that's, that's how it starts off. So it makes me think, how much Christina are we getting? Seems like a lot. I think a lot. I mean, I think she's such an integral, like Evan Rachel Wood is such yes. a pillar of the show. I, I feel like we're going to, we're not going to be rid of her anytime soon. Well, can I ask where, where did we end up with uh, Dolores one? Um, I don't know who you mean by that. Dolores one became Charlotte two. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Dolores at the end of season three? Does well, anyone, does anyone know? She she dead. Yeah, she, I I remember honestly. My recollection of season three is not as good as it should be because I also only watched it once. But I seem to remember them indicating that, like, I was surprised when Evan Rachel Wood was in the trailer because yeah. they definitely phased out Dolores in Evan Rachel Wood. So form. the last we saw of Dolores in season three would have been when she was able inside of her own mind 
that Maeve got into to convince Maeve to switch sides and go against Rehoboam and then get Caleb to destroy Rehoboam. It was like it was like Dolores giving herself up, her life up, kind of for Maeve to change sides. And we were all like, oh my God, is Evan Rachel Wood out of the show? Uh, no, I don't, I don't know why we even thought that was a remote possibility. She it seems to be who they think is a the star. Two, is the Jon Snow, like going all the way to the end, not, not coming off the show. Going to get a spinoff down the yeah. line. Called, off, baby. Called Christine Chard, Lawrence. Okay, let's. Lawrence. Th- by the way, the best, the best Dolores name hybrids were Dolores when she became Lawrence, the police officer last season. That was an amazing one. And then Char Loris, which was Char Loris when Dolores became Charlotte Hale, but then Charlotte Hale got burnt up in that car crash and, Ch- and Char Loris became Char Loris. How are any of these characters still here? <laughs> well, most of them are, but Dolores is all of them. So, do you think there's any chance we see Anthony Hopkins in season four? God, I freaking hope so. I would love that. I think it's a possibility. Still, my favorite character, as long as he's still kicking. This show's insane. You never know. I listen to Doctor Ford the song at least like four times a week, and I have for the last like four years. So, okay, what else you got about the trailer? Because I'm serious, I don't, okay. I don't really know what happened here. So, and by, last thing I'm going to say about my song. The fact that I was able to fit in Dolores' dad going crazy looking at a photograph into she looks so sad in photographs is like it, Grammy winning stuff. It's great songwriting there, Jim. I think you have finally topped the I'm inciting yeah from last season, and I didn't think that was possible. <laughs> I'm inciting yeah. <laughs> The inside anthem. Okay. Oh, God, you can't escape it. <laughs> In the trailer, we see Charlotte going classic Bender from Futurama. Kill all humans. Robots deserve to rule the world. And she's doing this while she's Ramsey Bolton style flaying William, old William, the man in black. But, he, but he's got his head and a host body. I which... thought he was dead. No, no, no. no. I could, okay, here's my read on that scene. Uh-huh. There, he, she, I thought he died, first of all, and I don't remember. But I'm pretty sure she's remaking him as one of them. Well, guess what? She already did that, and then the version of him that she remade then actually killed him. And that was the end of last season. That was the like the last scene. Oh. Well this appears she's do maybe she was doing some form of punishment, but she's explaining to him like you're one of us now, basically. Yeah. So here's the read I have on that little scene where it's like they play the audio from that scene over other scenes and then it goes back to her talking to him while he's like flayed on that thing. His whole body is hosty, but his head looks the same. My guess, because we see at the end of last season, okay, that the man in black host that Charlotte made sliced off the man she slit his throat, right? Implying that I was like, oh, you slit his throat to kill him, but maybe they slit his throat so they could cut his head off and then stick his head, his human <laughs> head, on a host body. Am I? Is that a crackpot theory? Yeah, yes, that's a crackpot. We haven't even crackpot, started the season. <laughs> first crackpot theory of the season, baby. Jared thinks they decapitated the man in black and then put his just head on a host, and it's alive somehow. And the best part about this crackpot theory is I actually believe it, unlike some of my other crackpot theories. I, Ridiculous. I actually believe this. Absurd, sir. So here's what I'm getting based on what we saw of Charlotte, Charloris, whatever you want to call her. In this trailer, Charlotte is trying to lead the robots to kill all humans or enslave all humans and take over the real world. Does anybody disagree with that? Um, I wholeheartedly agree with it. And I would say that this activation event, like, I think the trailer dropped the same day as the event. And it really, the two fed into each other 
because all of the booths um, would say like, we are pleased you serve us. And like, we created these loops just for you. And I have a feeling that the chime thing is how the robots are controlling the humans. And my biggest evidence of that is the very last part of the event was the droid man stood at the end of this, the high line is like a, like a long walkway. And that's where the, the final part of the event was. And he stood at one side and then these dancers came out and he basically conducted while everyone danced, which is also an allusion to the trailer that just dropped with the dancing, if you remember that part. And it was like, he would conduct and then they would freeze. And one of the dancers always looked super loopy and like slack and kind of like they were being supported by the other dancer who was a lot more rigid, but also kind of robotic. And I'm pretty sure that was a big clue. And I think I'm pretty sure that the slack dancer was supposed to be, this is my crackpot theory, was supposed to represent humans. And then the more rigid one was maybe supposed to represent hosts, which is this human droid hybrid. But the droid man was definitely running the show at the um, at the activation event. And I really think that that's what we're going to lean into is the enslavement of the human race in Here, season okay. four. Here's why I like that. I like, the, I like that the droid man was running the show because as we know from season two, the humans created the droids as a intermediary between themselves and the robots, right? So humans were just like, hey, we're going to build these robots to lord over the other robots. So the, the droids were always like an intermediary between humans and robots. And it's like, oh, Charlotte or somebody else, some of the other robots found a way to still make the droids an intermediary, but just flip the script so that the droids are now still the intermediary, but it's the robots ruling the humans instead of the other way around. I like that. I also am wondering, getting into this like whole enslavement thing, well, actually, I was going to talk about the flies. Do you want to wait to talk about the flies? We can, oh, we need to wait to talk about the flies. Okay. Well, I'll get into it then. Okay. Um, but yeah, the last thing I wanted to say about that is this, I think that this chime tone thing that we saw in the video um, that Westworld picked up is going to play into how the hosts or droids control the humans. Because I think what was supposed to be going on at those booths where I was getting coffee was that it was supposed to represent humans, like actual humans, not hosts, but they had been altered in some way, which is why they're, they were eye twitchy and making weird eye contact. And then the chime would play and they would suddenly say something really weird. And I'm pretty sure that the chime is going to tie into how the humans are being controlled. Like a okay. Pavlov's dog kind of thing. From the second that Dolores got out of the park, it felt like the obvious next place to go with it was a Dolores-led robot versus human revolution type of Terminator situation, right? And then I think they kind of strayed from where they should have gone. Maybe they were like, that's too obvious. Let's do this and have it be this Rehoboam computer situation. But... This the, this is the storyline that has a lot of potential to me, and it's what gets me excited about the show again. You bring up a good point, because like Serena said, when they came out of the park, like it's possible that they could have skipped right to what is going to be season four and go to Dolores-led Robot Rebellion to take over the humans. But instead, like Serena said, Jonathan Nolan, or Jonah Nolan, I don't know why he has to... What do you, what do you call him, Jonah? He's, his name's Jonathan, right? Yeah, Jonah's his... It's what they would call him when he would come in to do post. Yeah, I forgot what I I forgot what I called him, so then I, I had to say both. But he 
Jonah. He said that they could have just gone right to it, but they didn't, right? So they had to make up some intermediary between Dolores leaving the park and then taking control. And it's that essentially they had to kill the controller of the humans that was already there first, Rehoboam. Right. They come out of the park. Somebody's already controlling humans. Got to destroy that before you can then control the humans yourself. So it seems like they added that in as like a step between rather than just going right into taking over the humans. Oh, you can't. Somebody's already taking control. So all the parts of last season where it seemed like Dolores or Charloris or whoever were, were doing things on behalf of the humans, it was really just to wipe out the existing controller. So that they, so that eventually they could control. So maybe, maybe potentially. So, n- yes and no, because when Dolores created all the different Doloreses that we know, she thought that one of them might take over her bad side, and then try to enslave and kill all the humans or whatever. Right, which ended up being Char Charloris. But that's the reason why she put the Rehoboam key stuff or the the valley beyond data or whatever she put that in bernard as a fail safe she didn't want to be in control of it she wanted to give it to him so that if so that if one of them did go crazy mad like one of them ended up doing there would be somebody who's not a dolores who's in charge of that very crucial data which that, that's the park data right serena I think so yeah so it's 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 the park data which is in bernard bernard still has that park data as we saw at the end of season three. Oh my god i have it wow so, yes, but but Del- regular Dolores was not trying to kill all humans. She was trying to free all humans, actually. But now that all humans are freed because of regular Dolores, Charlotte Dolores is now going to swoop in, it seems like, and take him over herself. Start the revolution, baby. That's how I read it. We'll see. Serena looks confused. No, I was just thinking... I was just thinking there's so many season one and season two illusions in this trailer. And it made me think about the whole William scene where he goes like white hat or black hat. And then I was thinking about how William was kind of gray hat that, that turned black. And it's almost like Dolores is like gray hat, but because she's a robot, there's these different facets of her personality. And there's like a black hat Dolores there's roaming Wyatt. and a white hat Dolores roaming. And Wyatt. Remember Wyatt? What? Wyatt. Yeah, Wyatt, exactly. Remember when Jared went white hat? Just I, I didn't go white. I'm a black hat. They gave me the white hat at the Westworld activation. Just kind of seems God. like you were a white hat. No. no, no Separate no. activation. Um, so, another thing we see in the trailer is Bernard thinking that he can stop Charlotte and save all the humans, including Caleb. Do we think Bernard's got a shot at stopping Charlotte? He seems to think he does. He said he's found a way or some Kodak Black, I hope so. I I don't know. I think if anyone has any kind of shot, it's him. Like, I would say nobody would have a shot except maybe him because him and Dolores always had kind of a unique relationship. But I do feel like they're leaning heavily into her control. So I'm not sure how successful he'll be. But I think if there's anyone that would have a shot, it would be him. Now, the part of this that's like, it's a little weird is that I expected the, you know, they expanded the universe. They went outside the parks, but at the same time, they kept it pretty simple where it's like, we don't really know what the hell's going on out there in terms of like, was there any other forms of government or was just Rehoboam? Like, who is Bernard? It was Rehoboam. Rehoboam was running the entire world from ever, from 
everything we've ever seen in the show. So who does Bernard ally with to go after? Well, we know it's actually Stubbs in their buddy cop comedy duo because they're coming back. We saw that in the trailer. Yeah. So Ashley Stubbs, Caleb, presumably. Well, that's what I mean. It's like, is he not going to get like the U.S. government involved, or does the United <laughs> States not exist? Do you know? You know what I mean? I don't know if he trusts the United States government. I, I don't think. Are we to assume the U.S. the United States government does not exist? There's something I I would have to dig through my notes. They gave us like a in one of the Rehoboam like generations last season. They gave us a timeline of all this shit that had happened that involved like civil wars oh, and the yeah. fall of certain governments. And admittedly, I did not brush up on that before going into this, but I I could find out if I looked back at my notes. I feel like I remember it pinpointing the fall of the United States though within that. I feel like you're right. I just I couldn't say it. There was some sure nuclear thing. You know, whatever. Some nuclear thing. I got <laughs> yeah, a question. Was, I think there was a nuclear event. <laughs> there was. There was multiple, I think. What do you guys think of 1930s mafia world? For I'm excited it. for Wait, just to cap that off, though. Isn't that why Rehoboam was built to avoid, like, all out? Or that's how they were sold on it, to avoid all out nuclear holocaust? It, it, yes, and it was. So all the nuclear stuff we're referring to happened before Rehoboam. Right, right. And so Rehoboam stopped it because it was able to eliminate the outliers that would cause any sort of unpredictable event. Or so they thought. Wow. I'm so excited for 1930s Mafia World. That looks so... Du- I love... My favorite thing is the guy's got the Tommy gun and like it's dark and then the, the all the bullets on the Tommy gun light up the scene and you see he's holding it Tommy gun style by his three-piece suit. God, I love the 1930s. Classic. I, would, I wouldn't have lasted a day. You, big, you a big Boardwalk Empire guy? Never watched it. If I like the 1930s, I should probably watch that, huh? Wow. Sad. I do have yeah, a maybe... zoot suit. You own a Sorry. zoot suit? Yeah, I've got a zoot suit. You should wear it Yeah, to, I look... to episode one. Yeah, I look like the Joker. Seriously, if, if you have it, you should wear it to episode one. What were you saying, Serena? I was just going to say maybe do one less Burn Notice rewatch and watch <laughs> Boardwalk Empire Well, no, instead. everybody knows I only watch Westworld and Burn Notice, the two best TV shows of all time. And a good documentary. <laughs> and I, I like a nice documentary mixed in there as well. Um, we see a lot of scenes in this uh, that are in like deserty locales. There is even Bernard in a deserty locale holding up the maze. Are, do you think we're going going back back to Westworld Westworld? Yeah, we see that whole man in black riding up to the thing that we saw at the end of season two. The maze was a heavy, heavy theme in the activation event. They gave out stickers that looked like I actually when Bernard holds up the maze, I was like, I have that sticker. Did he just did he just give him the sticker or like <laughs> is it supposed to be one of the ones on on the right. hide? Did okay. But how like that dam didn't look like a Westworld dam, did it? The dam, there's like a big dam with, with the bridge. With yeah, with the big rift in it. Like Valley Beyond looking rift in a in a bridge and a dam. Kind of looked like the Call of Duty Warzone dam, just to make another. I was Warzone most reference. curious about the Valley Beyond looking rip. Yeah, what was that, that about? The man in black. I thought is we already closed that. Like, what is it's happening? Season there? two. Weird. We're gonna get some more Kiksuya. <laughs> I was just thinking about that episode. Well, it's possible it's been reopened, or it's possible we're getting like the other side of. No, because he was he there when that happened in season two. I think he was. Who's he? The man in black? The man in black. Well, he's not God, he anymore, so is he? so long ago. I, I no, like I don't think he there. was. I don't think he was because he was in that bunker for like a bazillion years, wasn't he? No, that wasn't that Delos Sr. 
who was in the bunker? No, I, I meant like he went and found that bunker that was in the park. And then remember the, in the end credit scene, he like went down the elevator. He was like passed out for a lot of, of season two. Yeah, he was. And he like woke up, went down the elevator, and there was the end credit scene of season two. Was him in, doing the fidelity test, or it looked like that I assume Charlotte was actually doing at the end of season three. This show is so <laughs> absurdly oh, it's complex. Confusing. It's very confusing. I'm happy we're all on the same page about that. I assume if you're listening to this, you are too, or else probably wouldn't be listening to this. You know? Sure. So, okay, so I saw that a droid went up to Maeve's daughter. Was that Maeve's daughter? That's why it looked like. That's what it looks like to me too. That can't be good. The well, droid... then her face opened up. Oh, so yes, yes. So that there's there was the the one scene where the droid went up to Maeve's daughter, and it was just like a normal no face open up scene. The face opening up scene was from the <laughs> teaser, right? <laughs> Maybe the face opening up scene was from the teaser, and the other one was from the the trailer. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Well, you bring up a great point, and it's and it's somewhere we need. We need to get to, and it's that. Uh, so when Maeve's daughter's face does open up, a bunch of flies come out, and also in the trailer we see a bunch of flies, um, which also, by the way, are the image that appears when you type hashtag Westworld into Twitter right now. It's like their whole the fly is going to be very big, and of course, as we all know, the last and best scene in the whole entire trailer for season four is the Nicolas Cage Wicker Man remake. But with Aaron Paul and flies, Ross. Not, not the, the flies, flies. Not the flies. Not the flies. Through my eyes. Oh my god. I will note the fly. A callback to season one lands on uh, what Abernathy's face. Yeah, it lands on Dolores's face at the end of episode one, season one. One of the best episode endings of any show of all time. Shows she's able to hurt a living thing. Shows she is becoming sentient, getting outside of the loop. So an interesting callback there, just in terms of. Imagery, anyway. Uh-huh. Maybe it'll uh, take us back to the quality of season one. Knock on wood. I know that Serena has a lot of thoughts about the flies. Well, so also they gave out stickers at the Westworld event that were flies. So that was like another. They're making merch for the flies. It's going to be. And because relevant, the Westworld so. event was in New York, I assume there were plenty of flies there as well as rats. I'm going to say we've, we've had a lot of flies uh, around my way in Austin since the pandemic started i've noticed an increase in flies there are lots of flies so don't know if there's any correlation to westworld season four though can't can't say i'm happy you brought that up though yeah it's good to keep in mind Uh uh-huh do you have any theories about the flies serena okay so i think i was thinking a lot about how flies are generally attracted to organic matter and like we see them around humans and like flesh and food and so it makes me wonder what their significance is in terms of humans versus hosts. Cause like, I mean, we see them on the hosts in season one and she like kills them, but um, I, I don't know that I feel like the flies, it, it's going to have something to do with, I had a whole theory about this, but um, about the flesh and organic matter of humans. Organic matter. That's a weird way to put it, bro. Well, I don't know what, what is what Two else things. do you want to call it? <laughs> Lord of the Flies. And also that time one landed on Mike Pence. <laughs> also, that was one of our best performing tweets was the the Mike Pence uh Dolores Oh yeah, that was, that was a very good one. Yep. That was very funny. Um and also the flies are ostensibly the only 
autonomous thing in a slew of heavily automated things now. And I'm wondering what that is going to mean. Are flies the new cockroaches? You, you, they just they they would have they've killed every other bug, but they're like, oh, we can't we just can't kill flies, so they just leave them around. I don't know. No, I I think Serena is actually more honest something than I was by saying that because why would a bunch of flies shoot out of Maeve's daughter's face if they weren't? Uh, if there I'm just wasn't a reason, say it happened with that ki- that dude in the Green Mile. Rest in peace. Um, flies came out of his face hole. <laughs> Cause okay, because he sucked up the pain. I have, I've got a crackpot theory. I've got a crackpot theory. I think. That they want us to, it's, it's a red herring. They want us to look into it and be like, what do the flies mean? They're coming out of uh, the face that opens up of one of the hosts. No, no they no, don't. No. You're just doing it. No, they no, don't no. want you to do it. I think, I think that may, that the host that we see all those flies flying out the face of is just actually one of those non-lethal fly swatters that you use to suck up the flies. And then what we saw was them emptying the container and releasing the flies that they caught possibly to protect a backyard barbecue or, or some sort of other outdoor gathering. Serena, your thoughts? Well, it, it's giving Kirby. That's all I can think of. Sure. It's like when Kirby sucks something in and then spits it back out. Yeah, Kirby the throat goat. <laughs> yeah, Before Nancy, Nancy, Nancy Reagan, Reagan eats your heart Kirby. out and eat something else. <laughs> <laughs> Don't just look at it. Eat it, Jared. Oh, man. Okay. Well, that was... That got weird. That did. It did. We had fun, though. We did. I feel um, back on track. No, oh, I mean, I'm. That's all I have for today, guys. That's that's what. That's pretty much all. I, I still don't know what the show is about. Um, but that's par for the course with Westworld. And I'm looking forward to season four. I'm looking forward to seeing Aaron Paul make a. Uh, uh, oh no! I'm looking at something disturbing. Face. He's just like, oh fuck, all the time, and uh, to try to figure out which character is Dolores or. A version of Dolores. Okay, we need to do. We need. Oh, Serena's got to say something. No, you, I have a. I have a question. Okay, like to think about for the as we go into the season. Okay, Westworld has often been a cautionary tale of like leaning too heavily into AI and and like should we really push these limits? Like you know, Boston's always pumping out these like robots, and we're like, should we be doing this? So I'm wondering if we think that it's going to lean into being the cautionary tale where it's like humans are completely fucked by the end, or is it going to be one of those, I don't want to say uplifting because it's not really like the theme of the show, but one of those humans do somehow pull it together and like overcome, like which, which way do we think they're going to lean based on what we've seen so far? I mean, the problem I'm thinking for... the human race is fucked, but I could see another version. The problem for me is that, who 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 is our human character? Well, our actual Caleb. human character is Caleb. Yeah, that guy's not saving the world, right? Right. I don't know. Well, he's got he's got Christina and Bernard helping him. Yeah, that's true. I just I I, I mean, I think Aaron Paul was probably installed with the idea of like an ultimate hero in mind, right? Because you have to villainize. Dolores completely to kind of get the full Dolores effect. Uh, and I mean, that that could be the way it goes. I don't know, though, man. I just feel like the AI would it, is really going to fuck us up based on what we saw in season three. We'll see. We've already been taken over by AI once with the, with the Rehoboam. 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 
But um, the okay. Hoboam was still, there was still very much a man behind the curtain aspect. With Well, that. that depends how you look at it. Who's the man behind the curtain? Well, so the, they French wanted guy, us. Ciroc. So. Oh, yeah, Ciroc. They wanted us, the whole entire season, they wanted us to believe he was the man behind the curtain. But then at the end, we find out Rehoboam was actually confusing him. Or, not confusing. Rehoboam was actually controlling Ciroc. And Ciroc, didn't he like... Isn't that one of the big reveals we get at the end oh, of last yeah. season? Yeah, is that Rehoboam was actually controlling Sorak the whole time, and Sorak was just the human was form puppet, puppet yeah. of Rehoboam. Something but like that. Wasn't Rehoboam designed by his like outlier brother who like well, the outlier still... brother Jean Me designed Solomon, who and the last thing he programmed in was revolution, and that's, that's right. what and that's <laughs> and that's what was. Uh, Able to, that's what Dolores and Caleb were able to eventually use in Maeve to, you know, revolt. Wow. Okay, so that's like full AI takeover, whereas like, again, these robots and droids are man-made creations that are then like rebelling on us, which is kind of the whole like, oh, like, be nice to Siri and Alexa. Like, you never know what's going to yeah, happen. exactly. Okay, so I, Ross brought up a good point, and I, I have a thought, Okay. Somebody out there, somebody in the world needs to do a get make an AI analysis and analyze every episode ever of The Handmaid's Tale and every episode of Westworld that Aaron Paul is in and see whether there are more close up shots of Elizabeth Moss's face or more close up shots of Aaron Paul's face contained within. I don't think anybody's going to do that, though. It's a lot of work. Well, no, AI will do the work. You just gotta we don't make need the more AI. That's the whole point of the show. This <laughs> is why AI is going to hate us. Okay, well, if you want more Season 4 preview content, I highly recommend that you go back and listen to the episode just before this one in the Freeze All Motor Functions feed, the aforementioned Season 4 Predictions episode, where we recapped Season 3 and made a bunch of Season 4 predictions immediately after watching Season 3. Um, yeah, if you're like, oh my gosh, any more preview content for season four we got it for you go back one episode on here and we did make a lot of predictions uh which is not something we focused on today for that very reason and yeah available right there and as a reminder do not forget to participate in our apple podcasts rate and review contest going on through the end of june all you have to do is go to the freeze all motor functions apple podcast page then subscribe rate and review the show by the end of june 30th for a chance at being one of the lucky 10 Count them 10, not not 10 listeners who will receive a loot box valued at $100 filled with awesome goodies, including exclusive FAMF merch. Do it. Do it now. Exclusive FAMF merch from BolinMedia.com slash shop, where you can go to support Freeze All Motor Functions and all Bolin Media podcasts, including the Ross Bolin podcast hosted by me with Jared Borslow as my co-host, and then Jared's new show, which did not exist back when uh, season three of Westworld aired. Uh... Formula Bone. Oh, yeah. I'm a Formula One influencer now. You're a Formula One influencer now. <laughs> Any, anybody listening to this who who might go back to my social media now that you're following this will be like, wow, why is all of his social media Formula One? It didn't used to be like that. Yeah, it's because I'm a, I'm a Formula One content creator. Now. At Formula Bone on TikTok. Listen to the Formula Bone F1 show wherever you listen to uh, Freeze All Motor Functions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Serena, thank you so much for joining us here. Uh, you can and should follow us, everybody, on Instagram at Freeze All Motor Functions and on, and at Freeze All Motor Functions on Instagram, but at Freeze All Motor on Twitter. On Twitter and TikTok. And like we said, you can watch all these episodes on YouTube. Serena, I don't know why I thanked you for being here and then went back into doing more promo, but I'm going to thank you again 
for joining us on your first episode as a full-time co-host. Thank you so much. Uh, started as a Photoshop intern. Now we're here. <laughs> that's that's what they say. Isn't there Please a Drake clap. song about that? You made it. You really made it. Also, when House of the Dragon does come in August, we will be covering that episode by episode on Oysters, Clams, and Cockles, as we did with Game of Thrones. We will be doing so with House of the Dragon. Oysters, Clams, and Cockles, also available wherever you listen to Freeze All Motor Functions. And as always... It's time for the NPR style sign off. Freeze All Motor Functions has been brought to you by Bolin Media and is hosted by me, Jared Borislow, along with Ross Bolin and Serena. The show was produced by me, Jared Borislow, at the Bolin Media Studios in Austin, Texas. Special thanks to Phil from DC, aka Schnapple, on SoundCloud for our intro music and Brad Hess for our outro music. Until next time, fam, hit the fan horn. Fam, 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 fam. Serena, that was weak. One more. Fam. Bam! 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 Freeze all motor functions.